Welcome to the Healthy Hair Podcast. Your host, Dr. Amy Brenner, is a board-certified OBGYN with additional certifications in functional and integrative medicine. This podcast is meant to help women find reliable, relevant information to help them feel better, look better, and live better. Here you will hear in-depth information about hormones, sexual medicine, aesthetics, cosmetic gynecology, and functional medicine. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Healthy Her. And today we're going to be talking about all things hair. So you never have another bad hair day. Today we have a really special guest. We have Sarah Cruz and she is a really famous hairstylist all the way from Nashville. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to be here. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, I'm so excited to ask you all these questions. I uh, Before we uh, got in the air, I was talking to several of my staff and we're like, this is who I'm going to talk to and tell me all the questions you want to know about your hair. So I got a whole list of things that everybody wants to know about hair. But before we get into it, tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you're doing now and uh, all the fun things you do. Yeah. Well, I'm Sarah Cruz. I am a uh, hairstylist here in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a shareholder at a luxury salon um, in uh, Franklin, which is about 20 miles south of the city. I have an on-location hair and makeup company for weddings and special events. So we have a a team of artists that go out and uh, glam people for you know, all of their weddings and events going on. Uh, we do a lot of um, entertainment uh, types of events here. There's production, there's editorial. So there's a lot going on in Nashville. And uh, we've just kind of got a lot of different things going on here. I've, I'm a teacher and an educator for uh, Kerastase, which is a luxury hair care brand. So I travel about the country and uh, teach to uh, salon professionals about hairstyling, and uh, salon business, um, things having to do with mental and emotional health within the industry as well. So um, that is just another thing that I love. And that's why I actually love being on uh, a podcast like this, because I think that it's all integrative, uh, the health and the wellness and, you know, our careers and, um, you know, everything like that. So this is this is a good opportunity and, and it's fun to talk to you. I know. I'm so excited. To, even for me, I'm so excited to get the answers to these questions because yeah. who, who doesn't want to have good hair? So, right. <laughs> um, so, but I have to ask, so do you do country music stars down there in Nashville? Oh yes. There's a, there's a ton of, um, there's a ton of hair and makeup artists here in Nashville and uh, working on uh, celebrities uh, has been something that, you know, in the past that, you know, I've, I've done, I've worked on, you know, video production, um, like I said, editorial photo shoots, things like that. My heart is really with uh, bridal, honestly, and, um, and weddings and, and events for everyday people, honestly, uh, working with uh, various people who are high profile. It's actually, <laughs> some people love it. That is not, where my favorite part of uh, my work is uh, focused on. I I like working with everyday people and I love working with brides. All right, well, let's get into the everyday questions. Yes. So first question is, is I will be the first to admit when I was younger, I was the one buying like the 99 cent suave because, you know, I was in med school, broke, that kind of thing. But 
for the last, I'd say 20 years, probably because I learned the difference between quality supplements versus what you can buy like on Amazon or what you buy at the grocery store or Costco. So I knew that I learned that there was a difference um, between quality supplements. So obviously there has to be a difference in quality of shampoo, but can you explain to everybody from your perspective of, and I can explain it in detail of why you would want to buy a quality medical supplement, but why would somebody want to spend 30, 40, $50 on a bottle of shampoo when you go to check out after you're getting your hair done at the salon, instead of just buying it at the grocery store? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's honestly a question that, you know, we get a lot of people are asking, you know, is it really worth it? Is it really worth 40 or $50 for a bottle of shampoo? And I think that just has to um, speak. I think it just speaks to where your priorities lie. And, and um, so it's the same as with anything else. And I'm sure as with your supplements that that you're talking about with skincare and, and with anything is you really do get what you're paying for. And so if you think about, I sometimes will relate it to buying a car. You can buy a really cheap car. You can buy, you know, you could buy just a, a small cheap used car and it will get you there. It could be beat up, you know, maybe the, the maybe things aren't working that well, but it's going to get you there. You're, you're going to get there eventually. But then like you could buy like a top end car. You could buy Bentley. But the Bentley is going to be so much more luxurious and the finishes are going to be so much more high quality and the experience is going to be different. And so that is sort of the same as it is with hair products as well. When you buy hair products in a salon and you're spending that money, that money is being invested into a product that has a higher concentration of active ingredients that produce a benefit. So the high quality ingredients, there's different ways to get to a result. If you're addressing hydration or you're addressing volume or you're addressing strengthening weakened hair, there are a lot of different uh, types of ingredients out there and compounds and, and, and things that you can grab from nature and incorporate into your product. Some things are going to be more precious and hard to come by and they're going to be worth more. It's going to cost more to create the product with, with those ingredients than it is with something like a wax or something that, you know, you can fill the product with water is cheap, you know, waxes and silicones are cheap but they'll build up or they could dry your hair over time. So over time, the benefit is going to be a lot different. It's gonna produce a different result. Um, and so in time, the hair will end up more manageable. It will end up in a, in a better place than it would if you were using something cheap because cheap products and cheap ingredients can produce irritation. Um, they can over time dry the hair and even weaken it. And so it's, if you're investing in quality products, then you're going to have a lot higher, um, 
quality in the ingredients that's in it, higher concentration and less of the fillers. So I know we were talking about, you know, your husband, he's like, you're like, I got him on the cheap stuff. Well, if his <laughs> hair is an inch long, I mean, it's going to turn over pretty quickly, but you do have to remember that the scalp is a part of the hair as well. So hmm. that's, the, that's the breeding ground of, of, of the hair and how it grows out. So, um, you know, inside of those follicles is really the nourishment that, uh, you know, that the healthy hair grows from. So what we're seeing on the outside is really starting from the inside. So oh. quality uh, products are not going to build up and cause clogging in the hair follicles and things like that. And so the scalp will be healthier and it'll, it's just going to be a, a better it can help him palette. keep his, the hair that he has if he was yeah, using yeah. a better shampoo. Yeah. 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 And it won't irritate. Right. It won't irritate like, like if it was a cheaper product. So now, when you're washing, <laughs> when you're washing your hair, should you leave the product on your hair, or should you just lather it up and then rinse it off? Well, you know, the pro all products are different, so I would just recommend using the uh, manufacturer's instructions or the instructions of your stylist. Um, so many times, something like a mask, uh, which is a conditioning type of a product, is a treatment. Um, for the for the hair strands is something that you could leave on. Um, you could even wrap the hair in a towel. Um, or you could apply some heat. To yeah, open up the I, I, I got questions exactly. about masks. I got questions. Okay, about okay, masks. we'll talk about but, it. Hang on, we're so we're still on the shampoo. We're still on the shampoo. Okay, okay. we're gonna take this got step it, by got step. It. Shampoo, condition, style. I, I got the process here, so I still okay, got lots more. I still got a lot of questions about shampoo. So, but it. how? How often should you shampoo your hair? So again, years ago, I was one of those people I had to wash my hair every day because it just got so greasy. But now I like slowly transitioned. Like I could actually sometimes even go a week where I'm like, I don't even remember when the last time I washed my hair is like, and then sometimes yeah. I wake up in the morning to go to work. I'm like, oh, I probably should have washed my hair last night. Like I thought about it, but it was too much work. And, and the next <laughs> day I'm like, oh, I went one day too far. You have you have <laughs> beautiful hair too, and it seems like it's pretty thick. And it seems you know, and you can probably get away with it much better than I could. My hair is fine; um, it's thinner, and so it's going to show oil, and it's going to look dirtier quicker. So I have to wash my hair. Um, I have to wash my hair more often. But as far as shampooing goes, you know, again, you're just going to look at what's going on with your hair. Make sure that. You know, your scalp's not looking oily. You want to you wanna make sure that, you know, it doesn't kind of smell or feel dirty or look like you've got flakes and things like that. I mean, you can tell when your hair needs to be shampooed. So that's going to be different for everyone. Once you do shampoo your hair, you really want to concentrate the shampoo towards the scalp for the most part. That's kind of a rule of thumb. The ends of your hair, just having that shampoo rinse through the ends of your hair is going to be enough for the hair um, itself. The scalp is a really important part of the shampoo. So you'll shampoo once in general, and that won't produce as much of a lather in general. Um, that's what's really removing the oil from the scalp and the dirt and the things like that. That's what's lifting that part out. And then you should go back again, typically, and shampoo one more time. And then that oh. will just remove everything through the hair. So that's kind of my recommendation for how to shampoo your hair, when to shampoo your hair. But 
you know, again, you're just looking at, you know, what's going on. Is your hair dirty? Is it oily? Is it, you know, is it smelly? Is it like, do you have flakes? You know, what's going on with the scalp and address it according to that. So there's not really a rule for everyone. Hmm. You should shampoo your hair this much or these many times. So, per- so I thought it was, I kind of made the analogies almost like fasting. Like sometimes when I try to do intermittent fasting, I'm like, oh, I only made it until 10 today. And then the next day I'm like, oh, I made it till 11 today. I thought that's kind of like the same thing with washing your hair. Like, oh, I made it a whole week this time. Like I thought I was doing so good of protecting my hair. Is that not true of like that? Like I thought shampooing your hair damaged your hair. Is that not a true statement? Well, again, I thought I was doing good. Yeah, no. And, and you are doing good. And, and as you know, it's, everything, everything is, it's not just like one, it's not just one factor that goes into really anything that we do with our health or our, you know, our, our maintenance of our, of our skincare, helping our hair, things like that. It really has to do like what's gone on with you that week. Like, what did you eat? Did you eat more greasy foods? You know, were your supplements on cue? Like what, what did you do? Did you exercise that week? Like what's going on? What's your body producing? Okay. You got away with with getting a week down the road and not shampooing your hair one week, but then the next week it's like, gosh, my hair is dirty, oily, you know, after three days, there's so many different factors that go into when to shampoo your hair that that's really where you kind of just look at like what's going on with my hair. You know, that week it could have been that the weather was different. There were more external factors that, um, you know, made a difference. Even did you stay overnight in a hotel and what was the water like? Was it hard water? Was it soft water? Like all of those different things are going to go into how your hair is progressing through the week and when you're going to need to shampoo it. Okay. But in general, is it better not to shampoo your hair every day or does it, or if you feel like, no, I like shampooing my hair every day, then that's okay. Well, People, there are some people that are just like, they're just obsessive and they're like, I got to shampoo my hair every day. Yes, it can dry it out if your hair does not need to be shampooed every day. Okay. <laughs> you try to wait it out a little bit if your hair's not actually dirty. Really, I would wait until it starts to show an oiliness at the scalp and then shampoo it. For people that shampoo it every day, unless your hair is like, super, super oily, I probably would not recommend it because yes, the water itself is what's going to dry out your hair really more than the shampoo. The shampoos, they're uh, packed with ingredients that will help to rehydrate the hair that will, you know, help to address the different challenges going on with the hair itself. But the water every single day, unless your hair really needs to be shampooed is going to dry out your ends. So I would not recommend doing every day if you can get away with it. I would go as long as you can while your hair still feels like it's fairly clean and then shampoo it only when you feel like your scalp is oily and dirty. Got it. Does the temperature of the water matter? Like, should I be doing really cold water, really hot water, or just whatever's comfortable? Yeah. I mean, I would do it's comfortable. I wouldn't stand in a cold shower because you feel like your hair is going to be shinier. I mean, colder water will lay the cuticle down and produce a shinier effect. It kind of closes up the cuticle and seals everything in really nicely. And that's why sometimes people will do a cold rinse. Hot water, just like hot water on your face and on your skin will dry out your hair as well. I mean, your hair is made up of um, the same, the same thing as your skin and your nails are made. So 
you, you can kind of treat your hair like your skincare. And so hot water is drying to skin. Hot water is also drying to hair. What about dry shampoo? Is that a, is that an okay thing? Can you use that on a, like, oh, I don't want to wash my hair today. I'm just going to use this dry shampoo. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, dry shampoo is a wonderful thing. We all love it. <laughs> I don't know anybody that doesn't love some dry shampoo. It can be a lifesaver. Um, but I do think that just like with anything, you can overuse dry shampoo. I mean, if your hair just really needs to be washed and you just keep on and on trying to spray in more and more dry shampoo over time, that's going to like anything else, overuse of that is going to clog up the follicles. It can create um, irritation on the scalp and it doesn't look good. It's very mattifying. So after a while, like everybody's onto you. It's like, wow, like you're really, you're really going crazy with the dry shampoo. So I would just, you know, use that when needed. It's a good refresher. It's a good way to extend your shampoo, you know, another, another day or maybe two, but I wouldn't be like going <laughs> a long, long time and just using that as um, a cleanser. It's not a cleanser. It's, um, it's, it's a hack. <laughs> it's a way to get okay. you through. All right, moving on to conditioners. Do I need to put the conditioner all over my whole head or just the ends? Typically conditioner is for the mids to ends. Um, your scalp hair, you know, two inches out or so, that's very new hair. It's only been growing for, you know, four months or so. And unless you are really heavily, you know, highlighting doing um, a lot of chemical services in the salon, the hair that is within, you know, two inches out of your scalp is, is probably still pretty good. If your hair, like your hair is pretty long, I think your hair is probably like down below your shoulders. Well, that hair has been, you know, the ends of your hair are, you know, three years old, two or three years old, you know, depending on how long your hair is. So that's been hanging around for several seasons and it needs a lot more than what your hair at the, at the top of your head needs. So your hair need, has different needs um, from scalp to ends. So I would concentrate the conditioner from the mid shaft to the ends of the hair, mostly and the same with masks. All right. Yeah. On to masks. How often should somebody do a mask, a deep conditioner? And then what's your thoughts on these, like co putting coconut oil in your hair or I don't know, I've done all those things. Like, oh, somebody told me about this. Like I, I put all kinds of oils in my hair, argon oil. I don't even know what kind of oils. So what's your thought on all of those treatments? Yeah, oils and serums are are great. First of all, masks. I would say a mask. You you could do a mask once a week, once every other week. Um, and again, you know, just like we talked about, um, put that on. You could leave it on. Uh, maybe wrap it in a towel or do some heat on there to really open up the cuticle and absorb the product. Um, they don't have to be done as often as a conditioner. A good daily conditioner um, is great for most people. A mask tends to be a little thicker, uh, thicker consistency, and it can weigh the hair down if you're using it too much, especially if your hair is finer texture. So depending on the texture of your hair, I'd say a mask could be used once a week to once every other week. And it will also depend, of course, upon what your, you know, what your hair color look is or how much you're doing to your hair color itself. Because 
uh, lighteners and hair color will dry the hair out, retexturizing um, services such as like Brazilian blowouts, things like that, they're going to require a certain type of hair care. So all of that can be recommended to you um, by your stylist and relative to what your, you know, your, your look is. Um, but in general, I would say a mask one, once a week, once every other week, um, and a nice daily conditioner that isn't too heavy is a good rule of thumb. Uh, as far as the serums and the oils go, uh, the argan oil, coconut oil, things like that. Those are great as finishers. They're, they're really nice to make the hair shine and to make the hair feel good cosmetically. Um, you know, an argan oil, for example, has like a, a fairly large molecule. So it doesn't go deep into the cortex of the hair. Something like a camellia oil would have a smaller molecule. It could go deeper into um, the inside of the hair so that it could, could absorb deep. So there are different types of oils that you can be using for your hair. Um, and some of them are going to sit right on the surface and they're going to be more of a cosmetic type um, of a solution to frizz or dryness, whereas um, other types of oils uh, can go deeper into the hair shaft and nourish it from the inside out. There's a million different types out there <laughs> and there's a million types of combinations of oils um, in serums. And so that's just really where you have to get to know that individual product, know what your hair care needs are. And it's really good to um, ask whoever your hair care professional is about, you know, what they offer in that way. What do you think when people say, well, what about just getting coconut oil at the grocery store? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could do that, but again, I think we're just talking about the quality of the yeah. product and okay. Yeah, hair care companies are going to be formulating their serums with usually two or three different types of oils. Different types of oils have different types of benefits. So I feel if you go and just buy a coconut oil at the um, at the grocery store, you know, I think you're going to be getting a pretty greasy looking result. I don't know if that's going to be a look that, you know, people are really going to want to be going for. <laughs> then after that, should I, when I'm, uh, okay, now we're on to brushing your hair. Is there a technique of, um, okay, or actually, no, so we're out of the shower. What about drying your hair? Like, I have, like, this special towel to dry my hair, like this, I don't know, is it a microfiber? It's, I've had a, I've had, am I supposed to use that, or does that make a difference, or will a regular towel suffice? Yes, that's great. So, um, a towel is fine, if that's what you have. Um, a t-shirt is great. The microfiber towel, like what you're talking about, that is great. Um, what you really want to avoid when your hair is wet is roughing it up too much. So it, your hair is weaker when it's wet and it's more susceptible to breakage. So you want to really be careful with it when it's wet. And then, you know, tying it up in tight ponytails or buns, sleeping in it when it's wet, things like that cause friction on the surface of the hair and can ultimately cause breakage if you continue to abuse it when it's wet. So you want to pat or squeeze the water out first. So when you're in the shower, what I would do is I would squeeze all the water out um, as best I could. And then the towel, I would just wrap it and squeeze the excess water out instead of rubbing it 
And the microfiber towel is just, the surface is less rough. So when you wrap your hair in that, then it just main, it just helps to keep the um, surface of the hair from getting roughed up. Um, and then again, when you're combing it, uh, it'd be really, you wanna be very careful with combing or brushing. A wet brush with, um, is a good tool to use because it's got bristles that help to uh, sort of move uh, they're sort of flexible and they allow you to move through the hair a little easier. I would start at the ends. Um, use, I would make sure that, you know, I have like a detangling product or something to help make sure you, you know, used a conditioner something to help to uh, slide the comb through or the brush through when you're, when you're brushing it. I would start at the ends and really glaze over the surface first, really gently, and then work deep deeper and deeper and deeper into the hair and then until you're working all the tangles out and then I would work up from there. Do you recommend people put in a leave-in conditioner or something like that? I think leave-in conditioners are a really good additioner, uh, addition to a regular condition conditioner as well. So a leave-in conditioner is just that extra line of um, defense that extra line of hydration on top of you know the shampoo um, and the conditioner you could use the leave-in uh, in in replacement of the conditioner if you would rather have something that you don't rinse out if you'd rather you know feel that smoothness a little bit more that's a great um, that's a great option leave-in conditioners are, are really nice that way because they help to have the feeling of the hair be nice and soft and um, they're leaving heat protection in oh you're kind of breaking up for a second hang on a second let me see if you're back you there? okay sorry i just missed yeah, what the last okay? okay yep mm-hmm so leave-in conditioners can also come with a heat protective agent, which is a really good dual purpose um, type of a product to be using uh, because that way you can leave it in and it also is protecting against heat when you're styling. So Kerastase has a few of those. I work, you oh. know, for Kerastase. And for example, they have um, leave-in conditioners, leave-in treatments that also protect up to 450 degrees. And there will be other brands as well that have that type of protection. So that was my next question is should, if we're going to um, style our hair with heat, do you recommend always using a, um, a heat protectant? Yeah, I mean, one of the, I mean, that's, that's my main thing that I preach all the time is if you're going to heat style, you've got to use a heat protection. I mean, heat will fade your color. Heat will break down the strength of your hair faster than anything, even faster than lightening it. It's really, it's really damaging to your hair. It can cause thinning over time. So, you know, heat, you want to make sure that you're a turning your iron down to the, um, smallest degree that it can go and still and still be able to style your hair so you want to work with the temperature you definitely need tools that you can adjust the temperature use them on the lowest temperature that is still effective oh, and then you want geez, to i've been cranking mine up to the highest temperature i know so because well, when i go to the salon like the salon person like there's is like smoking yeah so i thought like cranking it up to the highest is the best 
I would I would work with it to see how low you can go and still get the result you're looking for. I think a lot of times when we're working behind the chair, we just we leave it on a temperature. We can get busy. It's easy for stylists to just, you know, want to go fast and style it out and, you know, and get it done because, you know, we work on a schedule, but we are using the appropriate amount of heat protection when you when you're using a heat protection, the other thing to remember is sometimes if they're buying a professional product, they can buy, they can use less. But if you're using less, you may not be covering all the hair. So just because the product is high quality and just because it, um, it's, you know, just because it's expensive doesn't mean that you should use less. You want to make sure according to how thick your hair is, how long it is, that that product is getting over every bit of your hair through, you might have to apply and reapply. So many times people don't use as much hair product as they need, and they really need to use an ample amount of heat protection and make sure that every bit of the hair is covered. That's, that's number one. That's very, very important. And then the second part of it is um, that you want to turn your heat tools down as low as they'll go so that you can still, you know, get the, get the result that you're looking for. Um, but over time, having that heat down is going to, you know, that benefit is going to compound. So you're going to have less breakage, less fading with your hair color, um, less dehydration over time. And so your stylist might be using the, the tools hotter than what you might be using. Um, but they definitely are making sure that um, they're using the correct amount of heat protection. So if I'm blow drying my hair, should I do it on cool then? Um, I would go on a medium setting if that's working for you. Some people have... Um, some people have a different texture of hair that will not smooth out <laughs> with less heat. So if you need more heat, it's okay. I would just make sure that you're using as much um, heat protection and making sure that it's getting all over the hair. Um, I, I can use less heat, but if you use, if your blow dryer is cold, you're, you're probably not going to be able to get the style or the volume that you're looking for. So the cold shot is really for reinforcing um, the style um, or the shape that you've put into it with, you know, your blow dry, and then you can, you can cool shot it to help set the shape. But I, I would probably go medium. And if you had to go high, you could go high, but you just want to make sure heat protection is really there. Um, I would probably not blow dry on cold. I don't think that's going to be very effective. If somebody, if I wash my hair at home during the day and I don't have to go anywhere, and I'm not going to bed because I did. I, that's a lesson I just recently learned is I was really bad of. I just learned that maybe six months ago not to go to sleep with my hair wet. Otherwise, I was doing that all the time. But um, I, I learned that about six months ago. But if if I um, wash my hair in the morning and didn't have to go anywhere, would it be better to just let my hair air dry then? Um, yeah, uh, air drying is great. Um, it gives your hair a little bit of a break. Um, not going to sleep with your hair wet is, that's probably, it's better to have your hair be dry when you go to sleep again, just because of the pulling and the, and the roughing up of the cuticle, um, dry, not drying your hair does give it a break if you can get away with it. If you're someone who never blow dries your hair, 
you, you just want to you just want to think about it this way. If you're going around with wet hair all the time, if your hair is thick, if your hair is hard to dry and it's staying in a wet state um, a lot, you actually are susceptible to <laughs> some bacteria, some fungus. You know, some people just mm. braid their hair up and they just let it go and it can just be wet for days. So, um, you know, it, it, you want to make sure that your hair is getting completely dry at some point. Uh, but you know, air drying it sometimes is, is a nice break from, um, from not blow drying your hair. Sure. Hmm. What is a Brazilian blowout? I see that sometimes on salon menus. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. So a Brazilian blowout is just a retexturizing service. This is where you're taking someone who has, um, frizzy hair or, um, curly hair or a texture that is more coarse and they're trying to make it smooth. Um, it changes the feel and the manageability of the hair. There have been different types of straightening systems um, over the years. They used to have like the, what they had, they called like the Japanese straightener and it would straighten your hair pin straight forever. And you could, you would not have any more curve to your hair until it grew completely off. Um, those have been outlawed because of the uh, level of formaldehyde that is in the um, in the product, and so those are toxic. They're they're very dangerous, <laughs> and they actually outlawed having having those at all in the salons because they're definitely cancer causing. Brazilian blowout and other types of texturizing or retexturizing services. Uh, that we can offer now that you know are legal and people are doing in the salon, they they report that they do not have any formaldehyde in them. However, that is the only way that the hair can get into a different shape than it naturally would be growing out of the of the scalp. So the only way to reshape that structure of the hair is through using formaldehyde. So they, 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 they get around it by saying that, that there is no formaldehyde in it, but heat is used in that service. And once heat is applied to the, um, to the strands in order to smooth it, then you will get a production of formaldehyde. So that is still releasing the same types of gases into the air. Now, I'm not saying nobody should ever get a Brazilian blowout. I, I do them occasionally at the salon as well. I actually really enjoy doing them. But I just would approach Brazilian blowouts with caution. <clears throat> I do have a couple of clients that have very coarse, very, I just kind of call it angry hair because it's very hard to tame. It's very hard to blow dry out, make it smooth. And they do benefit from a Brazilian blowout, <clears throat> excuse me, used uh, just used sparingly. Uh, you, uh, they're not permanent. Um, and so over three or four months time, the client needs to come back and have it done again. So I try to stretch those appointments out for people as far as we can, because I, I don't believe they're extremely healthy. <laughs> I know that they're not. Uh, I don't, I prefer people not to do them if they can help it, but I do know that they are wonderful in the results that they produce. What about a silk pillowcase? Hype 
or does it work? No, I have one. I have um, I have a silk pillowcase. I have a bonnet, <laughs> a satin bonnet. Um, just the slip of the pillowcase is really, it's really beneficial for not roughing up the hair while you're sleeping. It, I, I love mine. It keeps my hair in place from having so many humps and bumps in it in the morning that I have to now use heat to try to straighten out. Uh, to try to to try to correct in the morning um, it it just kind of helps my hair to stay more in place while I'm sleeping and so I love I love a satin pillowcase or a silk pillowcase I I don't think they're hype I think they're great okay good because I have the all right last topic hair loss now from a medical standpoint in our practice we treat a ton of hair loss of uh mainly with microneedling growth factors and laser caps and supplements and doing a medical workup. But from a hairstylist perspective, what do you, cause I'm sure people bring it up to you all the time. Like my hair's falling out. What do I do? Right. Well, as I know, you know, there's a million different types of hair loss and hair thinning and a million different reasons for it. And so there are some instances where what I can do behind the chair can help the client. Uh, there's other times, as you know, such as with uh, postpartum hair loss or thinning or you know age-related thinning, um, things like that, that needs to be treated. I mean, postpartum will come back. Things like uh, I'll see alopecia areata where they have um, patches that come out and you know that's coming back. But things like that are not are not things that I'm really able to address sure. in the salon. So I, I would be recommending um, another another type of professional to that client. I see clients come in with, I mean, you know, you know, you get to know your patients and, and I get to know my clients. And so you hear, you hear everything that they're going through in their personal life and things like that. So I find that stress-related hair loss is a big one that we see as well, um, which isn't something that I'm really going to be able to address with products. Again, that's you know something that they're going to have to manage on their end. So when you think about it, there's so many different types of professionals that can help this one client from different angles. You know, I can help with recommendations of products with you know DHT blockers if that's you know if that is part of the source of the hair loss, um, volumizing, uh, shampoos and stylers and things like that to help, but you could help someone through probably blood testing, I imagine, or you know, consultations and figuring out exactly, you know, what is going on inside their body that they're missing, you know, what sort of supplements do they need? What do they need hormones? Do they need, you know, is it a thyroid issue? All of those types of things, even, to a therapist who can help them to address and manage whatever the stress is going on in their life. So I just feel like hair loss is something that can be approached from many different angles and it's just so individualized. But I would say that the type of hair loss that we normally see in the salon is again, like postpartum, stress-related and age-related. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I, I do all the things, or at least I thought I was doing all the things. I definitely learned some things, but because uh, I buy good products, I got the silk pillowcase, I got the microfiber tail, uh, towel, um, what else? I use a leave-in conditioner, I do masks, I brush my hair like you say to do, but 
Um, my take home today was I need to turn down the heat. Um, <laughs> I did yeah. not know that. Um, I also, I take a hair loss supplement. I don't have any hair loss. Um, and I also use a laser cap and people ask me, why do you do that? I'm like, your hair's good. I'm like, because I want to keep it this way because right. I'm in my mid fifties and everybody gets hair loss as they age. So yeah. I just yeah. know it's coming. And so being educated on all these things is, um, oh, also like I stopped using those little, like little rubber band tie things uh, for my hair and just use scrunchies. So. Yeah. And the silk pillowcase, like they have the same, I bought my silk pillowcases and silk scrunchies at the same time. So if I want to work out, if I want to just put my hair up for the day, I try to do it loosely because I am someone that actually struggles with, especially around the hairline. My hair is very fine and very thin around the hairline. I have permanent bangs. I'll never have anything but bangs. I'm always going to have bangs. That's just what I got genetically in life, but I could pull on it with a, with a rubber band um, or I can loosely uh, put my hair into a scrunchie to try to keep from having any sort of additional like traction alopecia around there because it's already very delicate. Um, so yes, definitely uh, when you pull your hair back, doing it as loosely as you can and using something that's not going to pull or rough up the hair for sure. Well, Sarah, this was so helpful. So I think this gives the whole perspective on kind of how to take care of your hair. So I learned a lot. I think people are going to really learn a lot. And I wish you could give the answer to my next question, but I've asked everybody this that has ever done my hair. I'll leave you. I'll leave you with this. Why can't, why can't I make my hair look like it, it does every day? Like it does when I leave the salon. Um, I think because <laughs> I think because you're under it instead of standing over it, I do think that gives us an advantage. And you know, it's just like you. Why wouldn't I be able to do the things you do? I mean, it's because you do it every day. You're, the muscle memory is there, and so it's like. And I feel like too, if I can't do my hair better than you can, then why am I doing hair? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, thanks so much. People are going to love that listening to this. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Her. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and the web. Go to www.dramybrenner.com to learn more. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute as medical advice, the practice of medicine, nursing or other healthcare services. No patient-physician relationship is formed. The information in the podcast and any references, material or links are at the sole discretion of the listener and not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Listeners should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical issues or diagnoses that they may have and should seek medical advice from their healthcare provider for any such conditions.